Onassis Foundation presents Apply Dagger, Heidegger's Thinking in Being and Time Explained, a podcast series with professor and philosopher Simon Creechley. Episode 14, Ecstatic Temporality. These pages, paragraph 65, are written with what Heidegger calls unwavering discipline, unwavering discipline. And ecstatic temporality is the apex of the existential analytic, a really key concept, a really important moment in the in the book, a kind of culmination of the book. So let's focus. The key thought in ecstatic temporality is that authentic Dasein is the movement of temporality. It's the unity of the three ecstasies. It is this lived stretch of past, present, and future. Of having been of waiting towards and the to come. Although for Heidegger, as we'll see, the primary phenomenon of authentic time is the future. So the unity of the three ecstasies, future, past and present, but the primary phenomenon of authentic time is the future. Let's turn to the text because it's very compact and uh, powerful. There's a real moment of kind of concentration of thought in these pages, I think. The claim is that temporality is the meaning of care. Okay, so care is the being of Dasein. We know that. But the, um, the meaning of care is temporality. A meaning is understood here as it was understood in Division 1 in the discussion of um, understanding and interpretation. Meaning is understood as that upon which care is based. The upon which. So the question is, what does care mean? Care is the being of Dasein, but what does care mean? Or better, what is it that makes possible the unity of the articulated structural whole of care. What is it that makes possible the unity of the articulated structural whole of care? Remember, care is composed of three elements. Ahead of itself, ahead of itself, projection, being already in, facticity, and alongside a world, falling. And the unity of those three elements is temporality, Heidegger claims. And Heidegger begins to unpack this claim on page 372. So let's dig in there and follow the text closely. And the the text has a rhythm here. It's a one-step, two-step, three-step rhythm. Future, past, present, the three dimensions, the three steps of time. So let's begin on 372. These will be, I think, a few long quotes here, but they need to be, we need to read them. This is halfway down the page, a little bit more than halfway down the page on 372. 
That which was projected in the primordial existential projection of existence has revealed itself as anticipatory resoluteness. What makes this authentic being a whole of Dasein possible with regard to the unity of its articulated structural whole? Anticipatory resoluteness, when taken formally and existentially without our constantly designating its full structural content, is being towards one's own most distinctive potentiality for being. This sort of thing is possible only in that Dasein can, indeed, come towards itself in its own most possibility, and that it can put up with this possibility as a possibility, in thus letting itself come towards itself. In other words, that it exists this letting itself come towards itself is that distinctive possibility which it puts up with is the primordial phenomenon of the future as coming towards this letting itself come towards itself in that distinctive possibility which it puts up with is the primordial phenomenon of the future as coming towards. If either authentic or inauthentic being towards death belongs to Dasein's being, then such being towards death is possible only as a, something futural. In the sense which we have now indicated and which we have still to define more closely, by the term futural, we do not here have in view a now which has not yet become actual and which sometime will be for the first time. We have in view the coming, kunft, in which Dasein, in its own most potentiality for being, comes towards itself. In authenticity, in its potentiality for being a whole, in anticipatory resoluteness, Dasein comes towards itself. This coming towards itself is the primary meaning of the future where the future is not understood as the now which is not yet, but the coming, the kunft, the coming, the futurity, which Dasein is already moving towards, coming towards. So notice here, and again, Heidegger is playing with the possibilities of his language, German. The link he's making here between Zukunft, the to come of the future, and Zukommen, coming towards, Zukunft and Zukommen. So the future is something we come towards. But what Dasein takes over in the future is its being guilty. What it takes over is its primary ontological lack. What was called in the last chapter, chapter two, division time, the nullity of its throne basis. So Dasein comes towards itself in the future, what it's coming towards, what it's taking over in this coming towards is its being guilty, the nullity of its throne basis, which it already was. And let's see, the second quote here is on page 373. Now, that sound you can hear, I feel guilty because that sound is the sound of people going out to applaud the health workers. I have done that every day and even went to the hospital in Fort Greene a couple of times to applaud them. But 
I'd been so preoccupied with this lecture, I've uh, I've forgotten to do it. So, so that yelping and dog barking and um, anyway, we should be very grateful to the health workers. These are these are sad days in New York. Page three seven three. The first full paragraph. Anticipatory resoluteness understands Dasein in its own essential being guilty. This understanding means that in existing, one takes over being guilty. It means being the throne basis of nullity. But taking over throneness signifies being. Sorry, but taking over throneness signifies being Dasein authentically as it already was. Taking over throneness, however, is possible only in such a way that the futural Dasein can be its own most as it already was. That is to say, it's been, sein gewesen. It's been. Dasein can be, it's been. Heidegger's aware of the awkwardness of this kind of way of expressing things, but this is the thought. Only insofar as Dasein is as an I am having been, can Dasein come towards itself futurally in such a way that it comes back? As authentically futural, Dasein is authentically as having been. Anticipation of one's uttermost and ownmost possibility is coming back understandingly to one's ownmost being. One's ownmost being. Only so far as it is futural can Dasein be authentically as having been. The character of having been arises in a certain way from the future. Listen to that. The character of having been arises in a certain way from the future. So, what is it that comes out of the future? What is it that comes out of the future? The future that we can come towards what comes out of the future is myself in my having having beenness. Right? Myself in my having beenness. I am my having been. My my bin, my ich bin, my I am is been, as it were. I am my having been. So there's there's a tricky thought at work here. I come towards myself futurally in anticipation but I come towards myself in a way that I come back to what I have been. In other words, projection throws forth from its throne basis. My pastness comes to me from out of the future. And I don't, as is clear from the analysis of chapter two, I don't have power over this null throne basis. The past is not annulled, it is null, right? but it is not annulled and I don't have power over it. All that changes is the way in which I seize hold of it. Right? So what comes out of the future is my having beingness, which I can take over, take into myself. So that's future and past, which leaves us with the present. This is a uh, quotation on 
73374. Long quote, but I'm afraid we just need to go through the long quotes because it's all really important. Anticipatory resoluteness discloses the current situation of the there in such a way that existence in taking action is circumspectively concerned with what is factically ready to hand environmentally. Resolute being alongside what is ready to hand in the situation, that is to say, taking action in such a way as to let one encounter what has presence environmentally is possible only by making such an entity present. Only as the present, Gegenwart, in the sense of making presence, can resoluteness be what it is, namely letting itself be encountered undisguisedly by that which it seizes upon in taking action. First thing to note here is the way in which we've noticed a number of times, a couple of times, maybe a few times in these lectures that Heidegger puts quotation marks around the word action. Here in this passage, you see those quotation marks lift like the curtains in a theatre and we're presented with taking action. So is here using a word which he was using kind of under erasure or uh, using cautiously. Suddenly that caution begins to evaporate as the momentum of the book accelerates. What anticipatory resoluteness discloses is Dasein in the situation of its there, which it has seized hold of in the form of taking action. That is, Dasein is being alongside. It is being alongside not the inauthentic mode of just tarrying alongside. It is alongside in the mode of seizing hold and making entities present. Right? So this making entities present is gegenwärtigen, which is linked uh, to the idea of gegenwart, the present. So this making things present in the present. So that's the present, right? Go back to the schema, look at it now. You see the future, the to come, which opens up onto having beingness and releases into the present. And Heidegger brings these um, three dimensions of time together in his usual kind of theatrical formality. There is a, a beautiful kind of mise-en-scene in these pages of Being in Time. So now we're on page 374, and we're going to pull the three ecstasies of temporality together. First full paragraph on 374. Coming back to itself futurally, resoluteness brings itself into the situation by making present. Okay? Coming back to itself futurally, future. Resoluteness brings itself into the situation, past, by making present. Okay? The three dimensions are operative in that sentence. The character of having been arises from the future. And in such a way that the future which has been, or better, which is in the process of having been, releases from itself the present. This phenomenon has the unity of a future which makes present in the process of having been. We designate it as 
temporality. Only insofar as Dasein has the definite character of temporality is the authentic potentiality for being a whole of anticipatory resoluteness as we have described it made possible for Dasein itself. Temporality reveals itself as the meaning of authentic care. Authentic care. We've not seen that expression before. Care has just been, care is the being of Dasein, uh, neither authentic nor inauthentic. But here we have an idea of authentic care. Now, what is fascinating here in these paragraphs is the thought that what comes out of the future is our having been. What the future opens is our past, which releases itself in the present and as the present. The having been that comes out of the future makes present, right? The having been that comes out of the future makes present. And it's this threefold structure that Heidegger calls temporality. And this is the meaning of authentic care. Heidegger then makes some remarks distinguishing authentic from inauthentic time. And that will become clearer in the next chapter on temporality and everydayness. And then he folds the structure of care into the structure of temporality. And this is, uh, I think, one of the beautiful things that Heidegger does in, uh, in this book is to, we get these structures, we isolate these analytical structures, and then they're kind of mobilized and combined. Again, musically, kind of symphonically, with increasing kind of acceleration and momentum. Care is being ahead of itself, already in, being alongside, right? Care is being ahead of itself, being already in, being alongside. That being ahead of itself is the future, is projection, is existentiality. Being already in is having been, is thrownness, is facticity, and being alongside is the present. So you can see how those three, the threefold structure of care is now the threefold structure of temporality. And those three ecstasies are a unity, but the primary meaning of temporality, authentic temporality, is the future. And then Heidegger introduces the notion of the moment of vision. The moment of vision. The Augenblick, the glance of the eye. Glance of the eye, moment of vision, Augenblick. What is Heidegger doing with this concept? He takes this concept from Kierkegaard. It's um, something else in Danish, Oiblik or something like that. And I think that the term is taken from uh, Luther. And it's a term which translates the idea of Kairos in Greek, K-A-I-R-O-S, Kairos. Um, and Kairos can be thought of as um, the right moment, the opportune moment, the passing instant that is seized hold of. And uh, Kairos was particularly important in um, St. Paul and in... Um, 
early Christianity and then again in uh, in uh, Protestantism, the Kairos was the moment of the appearance of Christ. And the Kairos, the, uh, the moment of vision, was the fulfillment or the redemption of time in the Gospels. Remember that for, um, for a Christian, um, Christ is the fulfillment of time, the redemption of the world from sin, the possibility of life, of salvation, of healing, and the way in which the time as the time of the past, as the time of sin, can be fulfilled, redeemed. That was the, the way in which um, Christ appeared as the, the kairos in um, Paul. For Heidegger, as won't be surprising, instead of God appearing or Christ appearing, what appears as the fulfillment of time is ecstatic temporality. Namely, it's me as the fulfillment of time. It's uh, Dasein as the fulfillment of time. And this is what Heidegger will call in the next uh, chapter, in another powerful word, the experience of rapture. On um, 376, he says, see if I can find the quote on three. Seven, six. Yes, it's another long quote, um, but a really important one. Rapture, okay. Um, three, seven, six. This is um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines up from the bottom. When resolute. Dasein has brought itself back from falling and has done so precisely in order to be more authentically there in the moment of vision as regards the situation which has been disclosed. Moment of vision as regards the situation which has been disclosed. Temporality makes possible the unity of existence, facticity and falling. And in this way constitutes primordially the totality of the structure of care. The items of care have not been pieced together cumulatively any more than temporality itself has been put together in the course of time, out of the future, the having been in the present. Temporality is not an entity at all. It is not, but it temporalizes itself. Nevertheless, we cannot avoid saying temporality is the meaning of care. Temporality is defined in such and such a way. The reason for this can be made intelligible only when we've clarified the idea of being and that of the is in general. Temporality temporalizes. Indeed, it temporalizes possible ways of itself. These make possible the multiplicity of Dasein's modes of being and especially the basic possibility of authentic and inauthentic existence. Important paragraph. Taken strictly, and again, note the logic of avoidance. Taken strictly, we cannot avoid saying that time is this or that. But the problem with the is, 
is that if we say time is this or that, then we are reifying and substantializing uh, time. And time, by definition, is movement and is only as movement. So if we say time is X or Y, we're substantializing time. We're already providing an answer to the being of time and falling into a metaphysics of time, which is precisely the thing that Heidegger wants to avoid. So Heidegger says in German, die Zeitlichkeit zeitigt sich. Temporality temporalizes itself. Temporality temporalizes itself and it temporalizes possible ways for it to be. Time thought as temporality is its auto-temporalization, where time produces itself from itself in a sort of immaculate conception, we could say. Time temporalizes itself, right? There is no being outside of time which is determining the meaning of time right that was traditionally if you like within theology the way in which time was understood in relationship to eternity which was um, prior to time and uh, prior and more important than time Heidegger's thought here is that there is temporality and temporality is this movement of the um unfolding of the three ecstasies of time. How does one freeze that movement in words? How does one say that in, in, uh, in words is a problem that Heidegger wrestles with here and wrestles with throughout his itinerary. One way in which he addresses it is by verbalizing nouns, right? Verbalizing nouns so that the... Um, uh, if I say temporality is, the noun temporality or time is, that's the verb, then one way around that is to uh, verbalize the noun, right? To say that time temporalizes itself. Heidegger is, for Heidegger, you know, that which is being is verbal. It's, it's, it's movement. It's temporal. How does one say that without freezing it into an abstraction is a problem that will beset Heidegger's work, in which he answers in different ways, but one way is by uh, verbalizing nouns. Die Zeitlichkeit zeitigt sich, temporality temporizes itself. Das Ereignis ereignet, the appropriative event appropriates itself. He will say, die Welt weltet, world worlds, and, and so on and so forth. You get the idea. This is a way of speaking tautologically, which is really quite interesting if you think it through. I raised that, I think, in one of the lectures or episodes earlier, but it's an, an interesting line of thought that there is something about a tautology which, through its uh, repetition, through its verbalization of a noun, allows perhaps us to push through to some different experience of, of language. But here we are. Page 377, and we've arrived at the thought of ecstatic temporality. Let's read the key passage. This is the first full paragraph on 377. 
the future, the character of having been and the present, show the phenomenal characteristics of the towards oneself, the back to, and the letting oneself be encountered by. The phenomena of the towards, the to, and the alongside make temporality manifest as the ecstaticon. Ecstaticon, pure and simple. Temporality is the primordial outside of itself, in and for itself. We therefore call the phenomena of the future, the character of having been and the present, the ecstasies of temporality. Temporality is not prior to this, an entity which first emerges from itself. Its essence is a process of temporalizing in the unity of the ecstasies. What is characteristic of the time which is accessible to the ordinary understanding consists, among other things, precisely in the fact that it is a pure sequence of nows, without beginning and without end, in which the ecstatical character of primordial temporality has been leveled off. Temporality is the ecstaticon itself, the outside of itself in and for itself, and it's composed of these three ecstasies. Let me tell you a story which I don't know whether I've told you this before. Maybe I have. I was... Um, very influenced by a Belgian philosopher called Jacques Tamignon, who used to teach at uh, Louvain in Belgium. I met him when I was a graduate student and he made a big impression on me. He talked about being in a seminar with Heidegger in the 1960s with a, a bunch of French interpreters of Heidegger's work. The question was, the theme was being in time, and they were there to discuss Heidegger's project in being in time. And the seminar began, apparently, according to Jacques Tamignon, with Heidegger going around the table. There were only about seven, six, seven people there. It's a tiny little seminar. Going around the table and asking people, you know, what, so what do you think being in time is about? And you know, one of them said, so what is being in time about, Heidegger says. And you, you can imagine, he, he puts you on the spot and you say, well, um, it's, about, um, it's about being. And Heidegger goes, no. Uh, it's about Dasein. Uh, no. Um, it's about world. No. And he went around the table like this. Um, until everybody had given the wrong answer. And then he said, Dasein ist das Ekstatische. Dasein is the ecstatic one. Dasein is the ecstatic one. That's the message of being in time. And where that ecstatic character is manifest is in ecstatic temporality. So this is the kernel of being in time. And then, you know, what is time? Time is nothing prior to the process of its own emergence, right? So again, as I said a few minutes ago, the standard way of dealing with the question of time is by distinguishing time from eternity. This is what uh, St. Augustine does in the Confessions. 
So we understand time with reference to something that is other than time, precedes time, eternity. For Heidegger, that's a, a non-starter. Rather, temporality is something which is its own process of emergence. Its essence consists in the process of temporalizing the unity of its ecstasies. And this ecstatic dimension of temporality gets leveled off in our vulgar or ordinary experience of time as a series of now points. And we're going to come back to that. We're going to see that ordinary vulgar experience of time uh, in the final chapter of Being in Time. So the vulgar experience of time would be to say there's the present, which is now, there's the past, which is no longer now, and there's the future, which is not that, not yet now. Right Now, no longer now, and not yet now. Present, past, future, and they're distinguishable, and they're organized as if they were on a line, right? So we have the idea of time as a line, and there's now, there's a now which is going to come, and there's a now which is elapsed. Time is linear. With the idea of ecstatic temporality, Heidegger's trying to describe this more dynamic almost cyclical vision of time as the unity of the three ecstasies. Where this takes us is um, to the idea of finitude. Ecstatic temporality is finite. It is endlich. It comes to an end in death, and its fundamental character is shaped by the anticipation of being towards death. And that language of finitude, which we haven't seen very much of in Being in Time, really begins to really pepper the text on page uh, 378. So if you read 378 and the, the subsequent pages through to 380, you'll see that the word finitude pops up a number of times. You know, the question is, given that time is existentially uh, our time, uh, a time which is defined by death, then time is, is endly. Time is endly. It has a, a finite character. And um, that's what has to be um, absolutely kept in mind. So I'm going to read a tiny bit from page Three, seven, eight. It's finitude, three lines up from the bottom, it's finitude does not amount primarily to a stopping, but is a characteristic of temporalization itself. The primordial and authentic future is the towards oneself. That in quotation marks, to oneself, exclamation mark, to oneself, existing as the possibility of nullity the possibility which is not to be outstripped. And a couple of lines further on, we're now five lines down on page 379. Primordial and authentic coming towards itself is the meaning of existing in one's own most nullity. Feel the radicality of that language. Primordial and authentic coming towards oneself is the meaning of existing in one's own most nullity nullity. In our thesis that temporality is primordially finite, we're not disputing that time goes on. We're simply holding fast to the phenomenal character of primordial temporality, a character which shows itself in what is projected 
in Dasein's primordial existential projecting. So primordial time is finite. It's the very movement of um, Dasein's finitude. And finitude is the coming towards oneself where the oneself that one comes towards is the nullity of a throne basis, right? The, the finitude that one comes towards is the oneself from the future, and what is taken over in that future is the nullity of one's throne basis. So finitude is coming towards the nullity that I am, right? coming towards the nullity that I am, the double nullity of thrownness and projection that is Dasein. And um, if you can absorb that thought, then, and, you know, take your time, you know, keep it in your mouth for a while and savor it if you like. But finitude is the coming towards the nullity that I am, double nullity of thrownness and projection. That's who we are. That's what it means to be human without ground. The question now, which is the question of the remaining chapters of being in time, is how does inauthentic time arise out of authentic finite time? And more particularly, how does inauthentic time produce an endless, infinite time out of itself? Right? So, the point about the vulgar or ordinary experience of time is really important because we have an idea of time as a line and we have an idea of time as an infinite series, an infinite possibility of um, ever new nows pouring out of the future through the present into the past. How does that inauthentic idea of time get a grip on us? Well, that's going to lead us back to everydayness, back to inauthenticity, and it's going to back, lead us back to repeating that analysis of average everydayness from the standpoint of temporality. And then that's going to lead in another kind of key moment, kind of crescendo of being in time into a discussion of historical time, historicity, and then time reckoning or time measuring in the final two chapters of being in time. So we're not at the end yet, but we're within sight of it. You know, we can see, we can see land, land, land hoy, or something like that. Um, we're not that far out at sea. Heidegger summarizes his conclusions very simply on 380, the first lines of 380. Our analysis of primordial temporality up to this point may be summarized in the following theses. Time is primordial as the temporalizing of temporality, and as such, it makes possible the constitution of the structure of care. Temporality is essentially ecstatical. Temporality temporalizes itself primordially out of the future. Primordial time is finite. And that's it, right? I could insert some points of, I don't want to use the word critique because it's so vulgar, points of difference of emphasis that I would make from what Heidegger's doing 
But I think I'll leave that because these episodes are becoming a little bit too long and I don't want to bore you to death. But I, in some published work that I've done, in the paper I wrote quite a long time ago now called Originary Inauthenticity, Originary Inauthenticity, which is in the book on Heidegger's Being in Time that was written put together with lectures from me and lectures from Rainer Sherman on being in time. There's a critique of Heidegger's analysis of time and a critique in particular of the primacy of the future. And I try and uh, articulate there a view of time which gives primacy to uh, the past over the future. And that, I think, uh, would argue for a different vision of temporality. I mean, I, I think I agree with Heidegger that, you know, we are temporal beings and temporality temporalizes itself in these three dimensions. Um, and that's what it means to live without ground finitely. The question becomes a question of where we, where the emphasis really is placed and then perhaps should be placed in the analysis whether we agree with Heidegger and give, give primacy to the future or whether we could think about temporality in relationship to the, the primacy of the past. But I'm just, I'm just going to leave that thought in your minds and I think now we're going to, we can take a, take a rest, take a break and come back fresh and invigorated for the next chapter, which will be temporality and everydayness. Thank you very much for listening.